Hi guys, welcome back to Therapy with Chloe. How's your week been? Good, well, five days. I think I've decided that I want to post every five days because I feel like that's like a good time. A week feels like it's a little bit too long, you know? Like, I can't wait a week to speak. <laughs> so, we'll do every five days, I think. Don't hold me to that because, you know, I probably will just end up posting every other week. Not every other week, every week. Um, how have you all been? Good. Good. Okay, good. I'm so glad. I have been surprisingly really good. Like, this last week or so, maybe, has just been insane. It's been so enlightening to me, and I've learned so much about myself, and it's all just been dope, but I don't want to get into that in this podcast. That's for a different podcast. Today, I want to talk about anxiety, because it's something... I've had to deal with since I was probably about 12. I remember my first panic attack. I was about 12, 13. And that was when my anxiety really started to kick in. And I asked you guys some questions on Instagram. So I'll be answering those. But yeah, I just want to talk about it. Because I always get loads of DMs asking about how to deal with shit. Um, and instead of answering all of them individually, I'd rather just make a whole podcast about it so I can talk to all of you at the same time. Oh, in other news, sorry to interrupt myself, but I got two new tattoos. It feels great. I've had to tan around them, so I've got, just got two little white patches on my arm, which is quite funny. But um, every single time I get a new tattoo, it makes me want another one. It's honestly... Getting tattoos is the only thing I can do by myself that doesn't cause me extreme anxiety. I can't go to town by myself, I can't, I could never, could never be me. I could do it in a place where, like, I don't really know a lot of people, that'd be sound. But in my, like, general area, the only thing I can do without literally having a panic attack is get a tattoo. So, you know, it's still kind of on topic. Anyway, let's just get right into it, I'm literally rambling now for no point. Right, so, I want to talk about my most recent panic attack because it was my first panic attack I think I had had in about a year and a half I remember before this one my last one was in June of 2019 and this one was probably about a month ago so I have a car right and I have my provisional license and my mum is insured on it as am I so we can drive together like I can drive and she can be in the passenger seat because she's teaching me how to drive and I was driving down to get McDonald's drive-thru and the whole day I'd been kind of on edge like everything was just irritating me and I felt a little bit panicky not panicky as in like freaking out just panicky as in I was thinking about everything and I was um almost hallucinating that's another thing that happens to me really badly when I'm having a panic attack is I hallucinate to the point where I'm seeing shit in the corner of my eye that it isn't actually there um I don't know if anyone else has that, but if you do have that, then don't worry, you're not alone. Um, but yeah, I was really short of breath all day, a little bit scatty, a little bit all over the place, and I just kind of put it down to the fact that I'd had, like, four energy drinks, right? And it probably was to do with that as well, but I woke up feeling like it, and the energy drinks probably didn't make me feel better. Um, that's probably something I should stop doing. But um, <laughs> we live and we learn. Um, yeah, so... I'd felt scatty the whole day, a little bit, just a little bit on edge, that's the best way I could describe it, and I was driving home from getting McDonald's, and whilst I was at McDonald's, 
I had seen some secondary school friends. And I don't know about you guys, but seeing people from my past is, it's very triggering for me. And I don't know why. I will never understand why. It's probably just because, you know, they know a very different side of me to who I am now. Because I was a very different person in secondary school than I am now. Like, very different. And I hadn't seen them really since. Like, I barely see them. Um, I don't think I'd seen them since, like, the early summer. Because we all met up. And even still, that was a very different side of me. Like, I was a different person. Because I'm changing all the time. Because, you know, it's just how it is. But... Yeah, seeing people from my past really does set something off in my brain. I don't know why it just makes me panic. Because I'm like, oh, I have to act a certain way and do certain things. When I don't, like, that's not the case. But in my head, I'm like, I need to, you know, be on point with my... The way I speak, everything. Because I don't want them to make an assumption about me. And that's something I really, really struggle with. Like, if anyone else struggles with that, trust me, you are not alone. When I see people and when I meet people for the first time, especially... It really makes me so anxious because I'm so aware of my behaviour. Like, when I'm around people I know and people that know me, I'm just me. But when I'm around people who are, say, from my past or new people, I'm so hyper-aware of my behaviour that it puts me into a state of panic. And so, yeah. So I saw the people that I went to secondary school with in McDonald's. And when I was driving home, everything was kind of going a little bit blurry. Bearing in mind, I was driving up a hill going 40 miles an hour. So there was people behind me. There was people in front of me. It was like a Friday night, I think. And all of a sudden, I just kind of snapped out of that, um, like a bubble. I had been in a bubble all day where I was like, oh, you know what? This is just my natural state. It's almost like my brain had con- convinced myself, like my brain had gone into autopilot and was just kind of guiding myself through the panic attack without telling me I was having a panic attack. That's the only way I know how to describe it. And I almost, like, clicked back into manual in my brain, and I was like, I'm having a fucking panic attack. Like, I'm driving 40 miles an hour up a hill, being, like, I've got, like, 10 cars behind me, 10 cars in front of me, and I'm literally having a panic attack. And I turned to my mum, I was like, I think I'm having a panic attack. She's like, what? I was like, yeah, I think I'm having a panic attack. So I pulled over as quick as I could. And as safely as I could, obviously, I didn't just pull over into the fucking road. Um, I literally just sat there for a second and I just breathed and I climbed into the back because I just needed to be, like, in the back. Um, Because normally when I'm having a panic attack, the one thing that really makes me feel almost claustrophobic is having to sit straight up. I don't know why I have to lay down. I have to have my legs extended. Even if I'm sitting up and my legs are extended, that's fine. As long as my legs are extended and I can stretch, it kind of helps me through it. I don't know why. It's always been like that. Um, Like, I literally sat down on the floor once and stretched my legs out in the middle of a busy, like, the central city where I live. I literally sat down on the floor and stretched my legs out once because I was having a panic attack and I couldn't breathe. (laughs) Um, That was actually quite funny. But yeah, I got into the back and I was like, fuck, I've literally been on autopilot all day whilst having an actual panic attack. I've been driving around all day, hallucinating, thinking that there's rabbits running out into the road when it's not. It's just like the white dots in my eyes and stuff like, you know, those little white things that you can see in the corner of your eye sometimes. It was literally just them. And 
it was so jarring. It was so jarring. It literally, it made me bedridden for about a week because I don't know why. It was my first panic attack in probably a year and a half, right? And when you've gotten into a rhythm of being able to deal with your shit and then it happens, you're like, fuck. You feel like you've been pushed all the way back to where you were at the beginning, which isn't necessarily the case. It's not the case at all, actually. Because like I said in the first episode, healing and growing and everything like that isn't linear. It's not. Um, And evolving and everything like that. You're allowed to have setbacks sometimes as long as you get yourself back on your feet when you're capable. But yeah, it literally bedrid me. For a week, I was just laying in bed. I didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want to go downstairs. I didn't want to post on social media. Nothing. I archived so many of my Instagram posts again because that's always my default response to do when I'm having a bad week. I just delete everything on Instagram. And then I post it again or I re-take it off the archive. Like, I even went as far as archiving some of my story posts, which I never do. I haven't checked them in months. Um, Because everything was so triggering to me I barely went on TikTok because it's just so it's very overwhelming to me sometimes very overwhelming all social media is so overwhelming to me I don't know what it is but sometimes I just turn off my phone for like three hours and I just sit in my room and I just live a phone-free life for a couple of hours because It all just gets in my head. And that's what was happening. Everything was getting in my head. And not only that, but like, my mum would say something and I'd be like, what do you mean by that? Everything was getting in my head. And it was all because of this one day that I was just having a panic attack the whole day. I didn't realise until I was going 40 down a basically a dual carriageway, but not a dual carriageway because I'm not allowed to drive on those. But it was a fast road. And... The idea of... The only thing I was thinking about was... If I didn't clock... I could have... Gone into an actual state of panic... And I could have crashed the car with me and my mum... In the car... That's literally my worst fear ever... Because I would never be able to live with myself if I did that... Um... But yeah... It really... It... What's the word? Like incapacitated me? I don't know if that's the right word... Somebody google it for me... Um... It left me bedridden... And I didn't know how to explain it to anyone because I don't know. I know a couple of my friends suffer with anxiety, but they all just like, they were just like, oh, it's fine. You know, you'll be fine. Just breathe it off, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I've never had an experience like that since I was probably about 15. Because it got to a point where I was so used to having panic attacks that I was just like, oh, yeah, it's just standard. <laughs> it's just a normal time in my day. But because it had been so long, literally a year and a half, Like, I was a totally different person to the last time I had a fucking panic attack. So I forgot how to deal with it, and it totally just ate me alive. I just laid in bed for a whole week and did nothing. I just stared at the ceiling. I barely went on my phone. I didn't post on TikTok. I didn't post on Instagram. Nothing. I barely even posted on my private story on Snapchat. And that's saying something, because I annoy everyone with that. But yeah, I think possibly it was one of the worst panic attacks I had, purely because of the aftermath Like, I've had some bad panic attacks, but that one really hit me for some reason. I I don't know why. I couldn't tell you. I think it's just I overthought myself into 
into a bedridden state because of the consequences that could have come from me not coming out of autopilot or even coming out of autopilot in the wrong time or if I was in a different mindset do you know what I mean like and I just thought myself into a bedridden state and it was not fun at all but I got over it eventually because one thing I know about anxiety is that it never lasts as long as you feel like it's going to last. One day you're kind of like, well, not anxiety, but like the aftermath of a panic attack or anxiety attacks, they never last as long as you think they're going to last. It feels so permanent in the moment. And then one day you wake up and you're like, oh, shit, I can breathe. And then the next thing happens, you're like, oh, no, can't breathe anymore. (laughs) But yeah. That's just a little bit of experience from me. I want to answer your guys' questions because I asked you all to ask me questions on Instagram. And I have some of my, um, not favourite ones, but ones I think are like the best to answer. I have them all screenshotted here. So, first question is, any tips to overcome worrying about your friends, hating you, or that you're a burden to them? Right. I literally don't know a person on this earth that doesn't think like this. I, All of me and my friends are exactly like this. I literally... Example, right? I was at my best friend's and her friend called and said, um, I'm upset because I don't know whether you watch my TikToks. Do you hate me? <laughs> like, it's so normal. That's one thing that people need to get into their heads. It is so, 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 so normal. To feel like that sometimes. And I know it feels like shit. Because you're sitting there and you're like. Fuck. All my friends hate me. But. One. No they don't. Trust me they don't. And I feel like if they did. They'd probably tell you. Well my friends definitely would. But. If they did. Then they would tell you. I know that from experience. <laughs> but. um, Honestly. The best thing to do in this instance is to just text them and be like do you still love me do you do you hate me and or just tell them how you feel be genuinely honest don't make a joke out of it be genuinely honest with them and just be like look I'm having a really anxious day and for some reason I've gotten in my head that you don't like me or that I'm a burden to you am I right or wrong and they'll be like no obviously you're not a burden to me you're my friend and I love you Because nine times out of ten, if you ask someone or explain that to someone, they'll be like, oh my god, I get like that too. Trust me. I think it's a generational thing. I think it's just our generation. We all think that everyone hates us. And then we simultaneously think we're the best things in sliced bread. It's just... I don't know where it came from. But yeah, just talk to them. And also remember that as big as your thoughts feel in your head and as overwhelming as they feel in your head... They are just thoughts. And just because you think something doesn't necessarily make it true. You know, you can think about having a thousand pounds, but that doesn't necessarily mean a thousand pounds is going to appear in front of you. You can think that your friends hate you, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. And the best thing to do, like I said in the last podcast, communication is key with every relationship. So just talk to them. Be like, look, I'm having an anxious day. I know that like, Even I know I sound a bit silly, but do you hate me? And they'll be like, no, obviously not. And don't worry, I feel like that sometimes too. I don't know if that made any sense, but I hope it, I hope that helped. Okay. 
Next question. I really like this one actually. Um, if you ever had a panic, if you've ever had a panic attack, what is the best coping method? Because I'm really struggling. Right. Um, I'm really sorry that you're struggling with panic attacks. I know it sucks. It's so shit. But um, one thing that I learned when I was younger is to ground yourself to your senses. So that sounds like a very complex sentence. Basically, you need to almost bring yourself back into your mind and remind yourself that you're you're not floating, you're not levitating almost as it feels. Personally, when I am having a panic attack, I feel like I'm literally out of my body and I'm freaking the fuck out. So what I do is I find five things I can see, four things I can touch, three things I can smell, two things I can taste, and one thing I can hear, or in any order that you want to do that in. The five senses counted down in your surroundings, right? So not only are you grounding yourself into your body, but you're grounding yourself into your surroundings, and you're analysing it, and you're realising that it's not as panic-worthy as it feels. This is the one thing that really, really, really works for me. I've tried so many different methods, and this is the only one that really works. Um, so if you want to like go back and write that down, you can. But um, that's one that really works for me. Another one that really works for me is just like having something to play with, almost. Like, when I feel anxious, I touch the scars on that I have on my fingers to remind me that I'm still in my body and I play with my rings or I even take something out that I know I can play with if I need to release the energy of a panic attack without you know like huffing and puffing and being like fuck I literally can't breathe because that is the worst the worst is when you feel like you're suffocating right and I know I'm not alone obviously but Another thing that really helps is if you're going to um, use the five senses and the surroundings thing, which I genuinely do really, really recommend, is as you're doing it, breathe with each thing you see, right? Because you're counting five things, you're counting down from five. So what is that, like 25 breaths, I guess, if we're doing mathematical terms, you're taking 25 breaths that you're counting, right? So with each thing you breathe in, breathe out and it brings you back to reality without even realizing it I remember the first time I did it I was like fuck this is genius (laughs) like why didn't I discover this sooner so that's my best tip I really if you have a panic attack and you use that please message me and tell me if it works for you if not the best thing to do honestly is just do a little bit of research that's how I found that method um Just do a little bit of research. Ask around. Ask your friends. Find the method that works for you. Because that works for me personally. But it might not work for anyone else. Because it might stress them out more. Do you know what I mean? But for me personally, it works. So try it out. And if it works, then I'm really happy for you guys. Because, you know, it makes me really sad. That I know that you guys are going through this. Like, I was reading through all of the questions. And, like, that's genuinely upsetting to me my followers feel like this sometimes it it really genuinely upsets me okay right next question ways to calm anxiety okay so surrounding yourself and grounding yourself and grounding yourself with your surroundings is the one thing that i just talked about 
another thing is to almost like when you're not in an anxious state what I do personally this is something that's really helped me with my anxiety because it got to a point where I couldn't leave the house I would almost like talk to myself and give myself the advice I would give to someone else if they were feeling anxious but I would do it in the mirror I would write it down I would put it on my notes I would even speak it to myself in a video right because the more and more you say something the more and more you think something the more and more it becomes true and that's what anxiety is it's overthinking it's thinking the same thing over and over and over again until you're in a constant state of panic so if you kind of reverse psychology yourself and think of yourself as someone that you love which you should be someone that you love obviously because self-love is so important but think of yourself as your best friend right and you're explaining to yourself how to you know you're trying to take that stress away from them how you would do it for them and do it for yourself that's one thing that I found it's a lot easier said than done because sometimes it's hard to even think of the ways but if you're imagining yourself as someone that you love and someone that you care about for some reason it flows naturally you can think of it naturally even if you have to physically say it to your best friend you have to do a little bit of action role play and then they record what you're saying so you can hear it back in your own voice it really it flows so much better when you're doing it for someone you love because nine times out of ten it's very hard to give yourself advice if you don't feel like you're worthy of that advice if that makes sense um but yeah that's one thing that I've learned to do is just do some writing and give yourself advice that you would give someone that you love um it takes practice but it's definitely worth it because it has amazing outcomes I think this is the most on top of my anxiety I've been after that panic attack I was kind of like I cannot ever do that again I cannot do that again so I just got on top of my shit and so far it's working so let me know if it works for you what do you do when you're in a situation that makes you anxious with no one to help you what I do personally is I call my mum or I call my best friend um nine times out of ten it's my mum because my best friend's always working um but yeah if I'm in an anxious situation I call like one of four people my mum or my three closest friends and I literally just talk to them. I just, like, not even necessarily talk to them about the fact I'm having a panic attack or about the fact that I feel anxious. Not necessarily a panic attack. But I'm really out of breath for some reason, and I don't know why. I think it's because I've eaten a lot. But um, nine times out of ten, when you talk about how you're feeling and you talk about how anxious you feel, once it comes out your mouth, it doesn't sound as bad as it feels if that makes sense, so you're kind of like, oh, okay, I have no reason to be anxious, because you hear it come out of your mouth, and you're like, oh, but the whole time it's in your head, you're like, fuck, this is literally the worst thing that's ever happened to me, but as soon as you say it to someone, and it's out in the open, and it's been said, it's like, oh, okay, well, I was panicking about that, but now I feel kind of better, because I've expressed it, or even if you just call someone, you're like, can you distract me, please, and you just sit there, and you have a laugh, that's what I do, I get distractions from the people I love if you can't call anyone put on a podcast that is talking about anything other than anxiety (laughs) because that's one thing I used to do I used to listen to anxiety podcasts when I felt anxious and they made me feel more anxious I don't know if it's the same for everyone but a podcast I recommend is Emma Chamberlain 
her podcast. Her in general, I love her. She has changed my life. I'm not even joking. I owe that woman just my whole personality. But listen to podcasts. Put a different sound in your head other than that anxious voice, that worry voice. That's what you need. You need the voice of someone you care about or you need the voice of someone that you admire. Just stick on my first podcast or my second podcast and have a listen. And focus on something other than that worry voice. That's what works for me. How do you cope with anxiety? Honestly, day by day. (laughs) There is no quick fix and solution to things like this. I've had anxiety since I was 12. I'm now 18 and I'm only just figuring it out. Like, you're not expected to figure shit out straight away. And I think that's one thing that we all get so in our heads about. We're like, oh no, I'm stressing out. I need to fix it now. It's like, no. You needing and like fiending for that quick solution is making you panic more because you're not getting it you know it's making you more anxious because you're not getting the quick fixes that you want and the quick solutions that you want or they're not happening as quickly as you want them to so they're just making you more anxious take it day by day and just do what feels right to you if you're having an anxious day don't leave the house you're not obligated to leave the house unless you have a work or even still you can message and just be like look i'm really sorry but I feel so anxious to the point I can't leave the house. And if your boss doesn't understand, then your boss might be a massive dick. I'm sorry, but that's just the truth. Um, yeah, if you allow yourself to have anxious days and you allow yourself to have a break, you don't have to be on top of your shit 24-7. You don't have to be looking for a solution 24 7 it's taken me six years to find the solutions that actually work properly for me permanently because solutions might work but then eventually it's almost like you become immune to them like you do paracetamol right if you use something enough you become immune to it and it doesn't work on you anymore so you have to switch it up it's about switching up finding what works for you allowing yourself to just have a fucking break because that's one thing i feel like everyone with anxiety tries to move so fast, or I don't know about everyone, but me personally, I try to move so quick, because I'm like, I need to distract myself, I need to get it out, but it just makes me more anxious, another thing, get off your phone, that is one thing that Emma Chamberlain actually taught me, I'm really sorry, I need to burp, oh my god, that was really disgusting, I'm sorry, sorry, I ate um, crisps with chocolate, like I put spicy crisps with some chocolate earlier and it was so good if you haven't tried that try it because it's amazing but yeah um what was i saying yeah get off your phone because we become so engulfed in it that we think that that's reality not not everything moves as quick as the internet does and i think that's what we forget and it's so my favorite word toxic it's toxic so if you give yourself a little break you'll find yourself feeling a lot less anxious that's one thing that i found the less and less i go on my phone in a day the less anxious i feel but that's just me personally um right next question how to stop negative overthinking once i start it's so difficult to stop oh trust me i know you are not alone in this at all i still 
you know, this is something I do on the regular. (laughs) And honestly, I'm still learning myself, but if you can kind of become aware of when you're starting to kind of fall down that overthinking hole, you can either distract yourself or you can write it down. That's one thing that really helps with me. If I start writing about what I'm overthinking about and then I read it back, it either sounds fucking ridiculous and I'm like, what the fuck? Or I read it out loud and I'm like, okay, this makes sense. But now it's out, it doesn't feel as intense in your brain because that's what it is. The reason overthinking feels so intense is because it's happening all in your head and you're the only one that's going to hear it so it's all just very overwhelming it's too much information for one singular brain to process it's not fair do you know what i mean trust me i know so if you get it out you get it out of your brain it might not feel as intense as it did when it was in your brain if that makes sense it will still be in your brain but it will be on a paper to read rather than just to think and be echoing around your head knocking around the corners of your head bothering you so if you get it out even if you have to write on your fucking notes up when you're in the middle of class or tear a piece of paper out your book and write it down wherever you are my one thing is that mental health and looking after your physical and mental well-being is number one doesn't matter what job you have it doesn't it does not matter to me at all If my mind is not sound and I don't feel mentally or even physically well, that comes first. And that's something we all need to start doing, I think, because we don't look after ourselves enough. And it's so bad. We surround ourselves with things that make us anxious and make us overthink and even push us into panic attacks. And then we're like, why do I feel like this? When we know full well why we think like this and why we feel like this. But we're not doing anything to stop it. So I think that's one thing that we do need to start doing. Stop going on our phones so much and stop letting things eat us alive. Get them out. Speak to someone about them. Even if you have to speak to a random operator just to get it out. Once it's out in the open and you can hear it, even if you have to record yourself saying it, like I said earlier, record yourself saying it, record yourself with all the things that you're thinking and then listen to it back and be like, does this actually make sense? (laughs) Because trust me, from personal experience, once you read it back or you listen to it back, you're like, what the fuck? Why was I even, why? Why? That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because nine times out of ten, when you're overthinking, you just, it's unnecessary, right? Trust me, I know, I've overthought into some stupid things, genuinely ridiculous. I've heard back and I'm like, why was I thinking like that? That is so dumb. (laughs) But like, it's okay, to overthink as well don't get in your head that overthinking is dumb because it's not trust me everybody does it everyone i know personally it's not dumb it's just sometimes the things we think seem rational in our heads but the second we read them or hear them back they're totally irrational so that's what i do personally next question how to help someone with anxiety the best thing to do is to ask them what they need i was talking about this on a live actually when i was live on tiktok because sometimes when you're trying to help what you're really doing is the opposite because you haven't asked them what they need sometimes people like to be left alone and you're smothering them sometimes like to be smothered and you're leaving them alone ask them what can i do to help 
do you want some water, you know, are you okay, how was your day, do you know what I mean, like, ask them how they would like you to deal with it, and if they say, I don't know, maybe do some research, or just try out different things, you can give them options, and they can choose, right, say if they're having an anxious day, a really bad anxious day, or even a minor anxious day, just be like, right, what do you want to do today, and let them almost take that control back, because that's what it is, anxiety, to me, personally, is a lack of control, and I know that it's like that for very many people, the second that one thing kind of slips, you're like, fuck, anxious, give them that little bit of control back, and if they don't have the capabilities to make decisions that day, make the decisions for them. Be like, right, okay, I'm going to go get you some water. We're going to go and do this. We're going to chill. Let's get some food. Adapt to their needs and ask them what their needs are before you do that. Because otherwise you could do more damage than good. If that makes sense. I really hope that made sense. How to not get anxious about things that aren't important important your podcasts are amazing by the way thank you so much that's so lovely thank you i love you um how to not get anxious about things that are important honestly this is something i'm still trying to perfect the only advice i have is to constantly remind yourself it's not important because you know you clearly are aware of the fact that it's not important so if you, you always, you almost need to like condition yourself, right? Like the Pavlov dog thing, how he rang a bell and the dog started salivating because he associated it with food. If you condition yourself to almost be like, hang on, is this worth worrying about? No, I'm not going to worry about it. And eventually, after a while, maybe, or even not a while, and after work and caring about your well-being and putting that into place that will just become your default setting immediately when you start to worry you'll be like is this worth worrying about no i'm not going to worry about it done if this is this worth worrying about yes can i change it no i'm not going to worry about it that's one lesson that my brother actually taught me um i literally it is my most one of my most treasured pieces of advice do not cry or worry about something that you have no control over and if you do have control over it stop crying about it and go do something about it right it sounds really nasty but honestly it is one of the best pieces of advice i've ever had because it's so true it's like is this worth worrying about no don't worry about it then is this worth worrying about? Yes. Can I do anything about it? No. Can I do anything about it? Yes. Okay, I'm going to do that thing that I can do. And it seems it's so much easier said than done. Trust me, it's taken me about three years to be able to perfect this. And I still don't have it down. Don't get it twisted. I worry about everything, but I'm learning just the same as you guys. I'm just, like I said, in the bio of this podcast, we're in this together, right? It's like High School Musical. But once you get into that mindset and it actually becomes your mindset, your life becomes so peaceful because you're like, why am I worrying about this? I have no reason to worry about it because I can change it and I'm going to change it or I can't change it. So there's no fucking point in worrying about it. 
you know, it's so much easier said than done, but once you get into that mindset, you're like, shit, I've wasted so many years worrying about things I had no reason to worry about, you know, um, (laughs) yeah, like, it was, it's insane, the amount of problems I've solved before they even became problems, just using that, it's, like, it's almost embarrassing, right, hang on, I really need to burp again, it's almost embarrassing, but at the same time, that's another thing, I do not, anyone listening to this right now, hang on, I'm so sorry, I'm so disgusting, (laughs) anyone listening to this right now who suffers with any form of anxiety or any form of anxiety disorders or anything like that, do not ever, literally ever, feel ashamed or embarrassed for having anxiety because you're not the only one in the world and I know that everyone kind of throws it around like it's a fucking buzzword right they're always like oh I feel so anxious you know like those people and I'm not anyone to be like no you can't use that word because that's it's none of my business but I feel like the people with the real anxiety disorders are almost you know made to be out to be a joke because of the people that don't take it seriously and it's really sad so I'm really sorry to those people who that does happen to um but just please remember that like it's that's another thing right Dumbledore so random I'm so sorry but I'm just my mind's all over the place today Dumbledore right that scene in Harry Potter where Harry's like quote-unquote dead right and Harry's like is this all happening in my head and then Dumbledore's like, yes, but who's to say that that means it's not real? Right? You know that whole thing where it's like, oh, don't be anxious. It's all in your head. Just because it's all happening in your head doesn't mean it's not real. But it also means that it's not as big as it feels. Because you're the only one that lives inside your head, right? You're the only one that gets to hear those thoughts. You're the only one who is subject to those thoughts. So it feels so much bigger than it is. I know from personal experience, not just in an anxious kind of subject area but in anything when I'm thinking something it feels so much bigger like for example I could have the fattest crush on someone this literally happened to me when I was about 16 I had the fattest crush on someone and then the second I told them I was like oh I don't actually like you that much (laughs) the second I told someone not just them specifically I was like I don't actually like you as much as I thought I did because when you think something and you feel it it feels a lot bigger but the second you get it out it's like oh that wasn't actually as big as I thought it was you know I mean (laughs) I'm not yeah (laughs) I'm really sorry um yeah it's like it wasn't as dramatic as I thought it was going to be when I said it out loud And there is nothing to be ashamed of in feeling a little bit dramatic sometimes because, trust me, we've all been there. There have been times in my teenage life, like early teenage life, where I have had panic attacks that nearly sent me to the fucking ER. You know? Or to A&E. Sorry, I'm not American. They've nearly sent me to fucking A&E. You know, I convinced myself once I woke up having a panic attack because I had a really really shit dream a really shit dream I woke up having a panic attack and I convinced myself I was having a heart attack and I made my mum call the paramedics and then they got here and they were like they're like you're just having a panic attack don't worry about it you'll be fine 
And I was fine. So I was like, shit, you're actually right. I'm actually fine. I'm not having a heart attack. Um, but yeah, you're not alone in feeling anxious. Trust me. We all go through it sometimes. But yeah, I really hope this podcast helped. I feel like this 40 minutes has literally gone so quick. I feel like I started talking like 10 seconds ago. But yeah, um, I love you all very much. And like I said at the end of the last podcast, if you ever need any form of advice, please don't hesitate to message me. You can tweet the uh, Therapy for Clothes Twitter account. It's literally called Therapy with Clothes. Tweet me. You can all meet each other and have little conversations. Or if you want it to be anonymous and you don't want me to even, you know, acknowledge your name, just DM me on Instagram and... I won't tell anyone, I promise your secret will be safe with me. But yeah, I love you all very much. Have an amazing day, week, month, year, however long. And yeah, I really hope this podcast helped some of you. I love you all very much. See you next week. Bye. Kisses.